Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 29 of College Football Throwdown. I am your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and with me today is my dad, Peter Schmitz. Good evening, college football fans. All right. Hello, everybody. This is a uh, college football throwdown. This is a college football podcast by college football fans for college football fans. Uh, this is a father-son duo podcast, in case you haven't been listening to us before. We're approaching our 30th episode. You know, kind of a cool landmark there. Woohoo! I yes. know, right? And uh, we're here today. We'll be talking about um, the games of Week 12 of college football, as well as the upcoming games of Week 13, you know, the last games of the regular season. <laughs> And uh, as well as the new playoff rankings, so there's a lot, lot on the docket for today. That's uh, right. But before we dive into that, we're going to do, uh, as is our tradition, uh, crack cold beverage, and it's my turn this week. So here it is. Awesome. Um, All right. Cool. So yes, um, last week we gave some predictions, as we do for. Um, the games, you know, who we thought was going to win. And um, we were, you know, we've, we keep realizing that we're, we're not the uh, Vegas guys for a reason. Um, right. But uh, we did get close on a couple. Um, one was the Michigan-Penn uh, Michigan State game. I predicted a victory of 31-27, and you predicted a victory of 35-17, whereas the final score actually ended up being 28-16. So... Mm. So I think you you were closer there. It was a cl- it was a little bit of a Michigan kind of dominated that not not dominated, but they were in control of that game more than I thought they might be. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the obvious one, of course, you know, Michigan State, I Ohio State. Um, I had predicted a twenty four to seventeen victory for Ohio State. You had predicted a forty two twenty one victory for Ohio State. I did. <laughs> I I yep I will admit to being wrong on that one. Yeah, well, it was interesting for you know, and I'm not sure if this is just an attribute to Michigan State's defense playing really good or Ohio State's offense just having some issues that day, you know, with the play calling or whatever. But uh, but they were not nearly as explosive as we've seen them as of late. You know, they were not able to get anything going on offense, and Michigan State struggled there too. It was a very defensive game which was not what some people were expecting. Right. I, uh, that is true. I was expecting uh, um, certainly Ohio State to have more success offensively against Michigan State's defense, especially after having watched them in the Nebraska game and, and, and us having put up as many points as we did on them. Yeah. Well, I guess that really was an off day for them. I mean, that's what it, it would seem to indicate. Um, yes. Final score ended up being 17-14, which means it was even more of a defensive game than my 24-17 score would indicate. Um, right. Then we had uh, Baylor-Oklahoma State. I predicted a Oklahoma State victory of 44-34. You predicted an Oklahoma State victory of 52-36. So we were both wrong there. Yes, we were. And, you know, and you know who could have predicted that, you know... Um, uh, Baylor would would lose their second string quarterback, have to go to their third string quarterback, and then he would bring them back and play as well as he did that Johnson. Uh, I don't know why he wasn't the second string quarterback after watching that game. <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, I will say that I did. Um, I predicted 
a 10-point victory for Oklahoma State, and it did end up turning out to be a 10-point victory, but it was for uh, Baylor mm, instead. Baylor, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, looking at that, it, the final score was 45-35. I said 34-44, so just yeah. very close just Re- for the wrong team. Right. Um, and then, uh, lastly, Oklahoma-TCU. Uh, we both kind of predicted big, big scoring games. I said 56-28. You said 45-21, and you ended up being a little bit closer. Although, in terms of scoring, although the final score ended up being 30-29, um, I didn't realize, because I was watching that game, like the first half of that game, I didn't get to catch the second. Uh, I didn't realize that TCU lost on a two-point conversion. Like, they had the chance to win the game. Right. I know, and yet, well... I don't know. It's just weird. And and yet you look at the, uh, the rankings that we're going to talk about and it just seems interesting. Yep. Now it is interesting. Why do you think they decided to go for two in that situation instead of just going into overtime? You know, that's a, a great question. I, I think the game was at, at Oklahoma. Yeah. So, uh, they must've like they, their chances were better to, kind of, you know, uh, get it now rather than trying to go into OT with the home team, right? Um, so a lot of coaches kind of feel like that's the best strategy, especially if you feel like you got momentum, maybe got the other team on their heels, that, that this is the time to seize the moment and, and make it happen. That is true. They scored 16 points in the fourth quarter, and Oklahoma scored none. So right. they definitely had the momentum at that point. Yeah. Well, and see, that's, yeah, Oklahoma throughout the second half didn't have their quarterback, and they, it was a very different team right. without that quarterback. And that's that's why I'm still scratching my head a little bit because it sure looked like uh, that, that Parker, uh, whatever his name is, the quarterback for Oklahoma, uh, sustained a concussion. I mean, he, he really got hit hard. And uh, I uh, I'm a little surprised – and they called it a head injury after the game. They didn't. They didn't call it a concussion. And I don't even know if that's been determined at this point on a Tuesday night here before the, as we move through the week. I don't know if they've ever said whether it was actually a concussion or not. I think they're trying to say it wasn't. Interesting, but uh, yeah, I guess talking about that, you know, we'll we'll transition back into the week twelve games here in a minute. But um, I was kind of thinking, you know because Oklahoma jumped up to number three in the playoff rankings this week, I was kind of thinking that it was because they defeated, you know, a good opponent in Baylor, you know, Baylor who's ranked uh, number seven, you know, in a close game. Uh, so the, the, they gave them credit for that. I think the bigger question, though, is is if Oklahoma plays like they did in that second half uh, on the road against Oklahoma State, you know, will they be able to beat that team, you know, with their second-stream quarterback? Right, and I and I don't know whether they can or not. I mean, obviously we'll find out, um, but uh, um, you know I'm not sure. Uh, uh, with Oklahoma State playing Oklahoma, what's Oklahoma gonna do um, if Parker can't go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was you know I was also watching the Oklahoma State uh, TCU game, and I was kind of hoping that was going to be a really good game and I was a little disappointed honestly Oklahoma State's offense I've watched it throughout the first half and do a little bit into the third quarter Oklahoma State's offense really struggled to get anything going 
and their defense led some. They looked like Nebraska's secondary early in the season. They let some plays <laughs> just go wide open. Right. Um, well, and, and see, that's why I have a hard time viewing Oklahoma State as a legitimate team when I see them give up the kind of numbers that they give up. Now, Oklahoma at times has looked dominant, but then at other times they've looked like a sieve too. So, uh, you know, and TCU, in my opinion, has shown itself to be, you know, basically an average, a good, but certainly not great football team. And so really the only one that has looked dominant throughout the season for the most part was, was, um, was Baylor among those big 12 teams. And yet, you know, they're this team that, that struggled to beat Kansas State. And, and then got beat pretty soundly, frankly, by Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it is weird looking at that. The Copa, we just talked about how, you know, Michigan State, you know, we scored Nebraska's offense, you know, scored 40 points against them, and yet Ohio State's offense was only able to do 14, you know, both away games, too. You know, they didn't have the advantage of that Lansing environment. Uh, so you just can't explain it logically sometimes. <laughs> That is true, and that's why they have to play the game. That's why you can't just play it on paper. Yeah, and I should say, you know, throughout all these podcasts we've been doing, Oklahoma State has been the team. I said they were going to be the number one team in the Big 12, that they were going to, you know, be in the contention for that playoff. And that was kind of my long shot amongst my initial picks because I knew that Oklahoma State wasn't that dominant, but I thought the fact that they played all their tough games at home would give them an advantage. Uh, But I kind of lost out on that this week so it doesn't look like they're making it in at this point well yeah but we'll we'll have to wait and see on that yeah i mean unless uh if i mean if baylor and oklahoma were to lose so oklahoma state were to beat oklahoma then that would be interesting because then they'd be would they then would be the highest ranked team in the big 12 in that scenario right right exactly and um you know, I, I can't claim to be an expert on all the tiebreakers and everything and how that would work out. But but basically, that's a big component, a big part of it when they had something like that. Uh, you know, it eventually spirals down into a decision about who's who's ranked higher. Mm-hmm. It's true. All right. Going back to the week 12 games then for a second, um, there were, you know, a, a good number of upsets, you know, some close games. Obviously, the Ohio State game being the biggest upset. Um, and then some games where um, teams that you thought that were clearly the better team didn't play as good as you thought they would. The biggest example being Notre Dame. I was also watching part of that game, and they did not look like the uh, number uh, four team in the nation that night That with five turnovers and more fumbles that they recovered, but still a sloppy play all around on their part. Right. They, they did not look good or focused or anything now. To, to Boston College's credit, they have a very good defense, and they were extremely aggressive about stripped the ball on almost every play. And obviously, they it worked a lot. Yeah. And then another one, uh, Florida with Florida Atlantic. They had to go into overtime to beat uh, Florida Atlantic 2014. And uh, as a result, I think Florida, let me see, they were ranked 8th last week, and now they've dropped down to 12th. In the rankings. Yeah, I tell you, you know, it's not enough to just win anymore. You know, you can't just keep that W in front of you and say, well, that's that's all we needed to kind of stay in the mix. You you have to play well uh, and win. You have to look good doing it, basically. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. So we had that. Um, we already talked a little bit about Michigan, Michigan, Penn State. That was a 28-16 victory for Michigan. You know, solid victory. Um, UCLA, Utah. That's another surprising one. They upset them, 17 to nine. Um, so Utah's kind of been on a bit of a losing streak recently, and uh, Ole Miss right. beating LSU, another big upset for them. Yep, and uh, you know these late season swoons or changes kind of changes the momentum of some of these programs, including someone even as prominent as the LSU as as we've talked about, uh, and as all of the media, of course, with uh, Les Miles, uh, you know, job being discussed openly. Mm-hmm. Which you and I kind of discussed that a little bit on the phone. You know, I understand why fans would be upset with a three game losing streak after they were looking so good. But at the same time, you know, the guy has won you a national championship before and has, you know, consistently had you as, you know, a, a top tier team. Now, their argument, of course, would be that he's never been able to win the big one, you know, which is kind of what our argument was with Bo Pelini as well, aside from his, and along with his attitude problems, you know, with Nebraska. Exactly. Yep. And and that's the thing is you start asking yourself what what uh, what are you going to get that's better? And that's what's kind of holding them back is they're realizing with all the open jobs that that exist already and the ones that could anticipate becoming open. Um, this is this is not the year if you're an athletic director that you want to be trying to hire, uh, you know, a slam dunk home run coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is always a factor in it, too. You have to look at the pool of available resources, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had that as an upset. What else we got? Um, I was watching a little bit of this game as well. I got to catch the end of it. Um, North Carolina, Virginia Tech went into overtime. North Carolina, Carolina ended up winning. They were expected to win. But it was kind of cool to see Virginia Tech come back there in the fourth quarter, which was the, this was the last game for, last home game for their legendary uh, head coach, which was cool. Yep, that was cool. And it was neat that they carried him off even though they lost. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the yeah, the way they came back, I mean, it looked like they might be able to do it. You know, they were, I was like a fourth down, you know, when uh, fourth and goal or something, when um, uh, North Carolina scored that score that tied the ball game, you know, to put it into overtime, you know, it was close. Right. And then um, one of the undefeateds got brought down. Houston lost to uh, Connecticut, seventeen to ten, twenty. So, kind of. And now I believe Houston has to play on Friday. In fact, it's the game that leads up before the uh, Nebraska uh, Iowa game. Uh, the noon game is uh, Houston uh, and Navy. Mm-hmm. And that should be a barn burner within that AAU uh, conference. And uh, really set up things, uh, you know. And and frankly, there is still a very small possibility that you know um, that uh, oh gosh, Navy could kind of make things interesting uh, just because of their record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Navy is ranked number fifteen right now, you know. So they're certainly a top tier team, uh, and I think that that will be a good game. You know, I mean, Houston lost against. This team, Connecticut, but at the same time, I mean, they're one lost team. They've won everything else, so I'm sure it'll be a hard-fought game on both sides. Yeah, yeah, I'm expecting that. A pretty good game. And then uh, last couple, uh, Northwestern beat Wisconsin 13-7. to uh, Very low-scoring game in the Big Ten there. Yep, yeah, and, and a uh, very controversial 
call on a punt return where you know no one can see the the call, but it was called back, and uh, so Wisconsin kind of got cheated out of a, a score. Oh, so it was a it was a punt return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, hmm. Yeah, those are always tricky. And then you have uh, Temple beat Memphis, thirty-one uh, twelve. And... I was a little surprised by that. I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, I knew Temple had had a good year and everything, but but still, and they're nine and two. But I I would have thought that that uh, Old Miss would have handled that one. Uh, Memphis. I mean Memphis. Excuse me, not Old Miss, <laughs> because uh, Memphis beat Old Miss. Mm-hmm. That's right. I forgot about that. That was their big win earlier mm-hmm. in the year. Yeah. Well, that makes because didn't uh, Notre Dame beat Temple, right? That was one of their better wins. That's correct. Yep. Yeah, I saw somebody making a point of that like Notre Dame's best wins as of right now are like Temple and Navy, not correct. you know USC or Texas, Tennessee, so, right? Yeah, the other you know what you consider to be Power Five powers that they played. Right. But one of the other uh, games I got to watch um, was the USC Oregon game. There were some South Carolina. California fans in the uh, bar I was in, of course. Um, so that was kind of interesting. They they were they were in the game in the first half, but in the second, Oregon kind of pulled away, and their offense definitely showed some of that life that you know you know them for, which was kind of cool for me to see, just from the perspective that Scott Frost, their offensive coordinator, is of course a Nebraska former Nebraska quarterback. So it's good to see him having some some success. Yeah, well, and his name's getting bantied about among many of the uh, openings that have popped up on the screen now. It's really amazing. Uh, I think there's like 12 or 13 jobs already open. Yeah, well, there's been. Um, did uh, did Florida State, um, did their coach, like, retire recently or something like that? Not Florida State, no. Okay. I thought I, I thought I heard something about that, but maybe I did not. All right, so that's, uh, that's the week 12, and... Now talking about the rankings, of course we already sort of touched on it, but um, this week the top rankings are Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Iowa, Michigan State, and Notre Dame. You know the most notable talks um, notes of that, of course, being the fact that Oklahoma State jumped so high and that Notre Dame dropped that much. I mean, I think those are the two big takeaways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and and it's kind of inexplicable to me. How Notre Dame dropped. I mean, other than oh, they didn't play well. I, I get that, but that's where that eye test comes in. Where you know, again, it's not good enough just to win, but you've got to win in a fashion and in a, with an effectiveness or an efficiency that that you're expected to win with. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was the same thing with that Florida game as well. Yes, exactly, exactly, and. Uh, You there? You still have? Uh, yes, I'm still here. Oh, are you still here? Are you I, hearing me? I, I I dropped you for a second there. Okay, okay. I was saying uh, that Florida uh, hurt themselves quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think with their situation, and and it's going to be harder for them to really position themselves. You know, short of of course beating Alabama, let's say in the SEC championship game. Right. Um, uh, you know, to, to kind of drive themselves back into that mix. Yep. Well, yeah, and 
I mean, it was the same with Notre Dame. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that they were the better team than Boston College. But when you're turning it over that many times, you know, any team's going to look bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then another interesting thing, because we were talking about this quite a bit, between the Michigan State-Notre Dame battle in terms of who has the better schedule, because they both have one loss at this point, you know, and uh, and Michigan State, as of right now, could be perceived to not having like the strongest schedule in the world, you know, but they do have some big victories in their pocket, obviously Oregon near the beginning of the season, this Ohio state victory being a big one. And then beating Michigan yeah, as flaky as a victory as that might be. Well, that's right. And uh, you know, it's not flaky when you're nine and two. I mean, you know, Michigan, well, I'm not saying that Michigan is a bad opponent, but I'm saying Michigan State won it at, with the most ridiculous way possible. Right. Right. Oh, I get it. I get it. But, but again, it's a W, right? So, right. but you, you, you know that that's right. That's another example of where, you know, um, this um, eye test that they call it now is a factor in all of this. Mm-hmm. And here's the situation I want to play out right here, okay? So let's say that next week, both Michigan State and Notre Dame win. You know, so uh, Notre Dame beats Stanford and Michigan State beats Penn State. Right. In that scenario, I feel like um, Notre Dame might jump over Michigan State to number five. uh, And because just because they beat a better opponent, you know, Stanford's much more highly ranked than Penn State. Um, but then if Michigan State were to beat Iowa the week after, then I think Michigan State would jump them again, and then they would be in the playoff and Notre Dame might not be. Um, but the the interesting factor would be, would that still happen if Nebraska were to find it in them to beat Iowa, and then right. Michigan State was playing a one-loss Iowa team? Oh, absolutely. I, I have had numerous conversations about this in the last couple of days. And I think the general consensus, even among Michigan State fans, is is that they do not want to see Nebraska beat Iowa. They absolutely believe that if Iowa uh, is undefeated, then uh, you know, then them beating an undefeated Iowa will be the ticket that will guarantee them, uh, you know, entrance into the playoff. Whereas if they uh, if we beat Iowa, then Iowa's uh, kind of damaged goods, not nearly as impressive a victory. And uh, and really hurts Michigan State's argument to be in the top four. But here here's my question: is if you're the uh, if you're the uh, uh, committee, do you want to even kind of go through that? Um, I mean, I might be inclined to say if I it, it, uh, to project forward and and say if Michigan State is the team that we think is better than Iowa, and um, uh, and and so if they beat Iowa, then we would want to put them in the playoff as number four. Why not do that now, even before the game? No. And let them be in that position. And then and all they have to do is, you know, beat Iowa and, and nothing changes, as opposed to putting Notre Dame in there. And then while they sit idle uh, a week, uh, then uh, Michigan State beats Iowa. And then you push Notre Dame out. You know, to me, doing that on a week in which Notre Dame is idle and Michigan State plays a game because they're in the Big Ten Championship, and then you switch them, I, I think would be highly uh, uh, debated and uh, um, people would be unhappy about it. So I, I believe that there'll be a little bit more of a projection of where people should be 
there'll be some assumptions about what's going to happen in these conference championship games, and they'll they'll go there because they know they have the right to change it if somebody unexpected wins. But if everything goes according to expectation, then they don't want to be having to change that top four in the last week. You know well, what I mean? Right. But here would be my two points to that. They've consistently said throughout this whole playoff that they look, they throw out last week's data and they look at everything in an entirely new light. So and that they don't you know project forward. You know that's why the Big Twelve teams were ranked right. lower than some people thought they were because they hadn't played anybody. You know, but now that they're getting to the end here and they're playing each other and the high ranked teams now mm-hmm. they are moving up. So for right. me that would be consistent with their message. And uh, if Notre Dame were to jump because they beat Stanford, and then Michigan State were to jump if they beat Iowa, because that, based on the rankings, Iowa's ranked higher than Michigan State, so that would be considered an upset if Michigan State were to beat Iowa. So I think right. that would justify it, and uh, that would put at, added uh, emphasis on the fact that, you know, we're looking at resumes, and Michigan State has one more added game to their resume because they play against a tough team in their conference championship game, so that's another reason why conference championships are important and i we've talked a lot about how it's good that they're putting importance on those games i i 100 agree with everything you just said there alex i mean i'm 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 on board with that logic i'm just wondering what that committee is going to do because it just sure seems like their path of least resistance can you i mean i just uh, the name brand of notre dame getting pushed off of number four position during a week in which they don't play I mean, just let that sink in. That, yeah. that, well, that to me, just cause a, a riot in Boston. You know. I mean, I, I don't doubt that there would be fans pissed, but at the same time, I would, I would, if I was that Jeff Long guy, I would just come up there and say, you know, Michigan State had a upset victory over a, you know, team that was higher ranked than them. You know, Iowa, number four in the nation. You know, how do we not reward that? Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And and I'm that's why I'm I'm just uh, I'm shocked that Oklahoma got put in as high. I, see, I I was inclined to believe that that uh, Oklahoma had to win this game this weekend before they were going to get put into that position. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that they were already put there was a little surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Although you know, I mean, uh, back a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about Oklahoma State, you were talking about how. You thought Oklahoma was, you know, a top tier team and, you know, because they they unlike Oklahoma State, who had a lot of uh, what do you want to say, um, very close wins over lesser competition. Oklahoma had some dominating victories over the lesser teams they played. Right. In the Big 12. Right. Yep. No. And I still think Oklahoma is the is the cream of the of the Big 12. There's no question in my mind. But again, that's with uh, their quarterback being healthy. Well, right. I mean, that is a big factor. So talking about that then, so if um, if Oklahoma were to win on uh, against Oklahoma State and, you know, um, let's, let, let's just say, you know, things go at, as how we're, we've kind of been talking. So Oklahoma wins, Alabama and Clemson both win, and then uh, Michigan State wins over Iowa and Notre Dame wins against Stanford, right? So in that scenario, would it just kind of play out? I mean, based on the rankings right now, if we assume Michigan State would jump Iowa to that number four spot, 
And if they've jumped Notre Dame, like I've been talking about, you know, then our top four would be Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Michigan State. Do you think that's how it would play out in that scenario? Based on where they're at now, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> and so I'm not happy if I'm Notre Dame. No, yeah, definitely not. But um, I do think it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I could see Oklahoma being ranked number three, like you say, had they if after this week if they beat Oklahoma State, you know, because then they'd have right. three uh, big victories, one after the other, against top tier opponents, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, and 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 so they've kind of uh, hitched their wagon a little bit to OU more than I thought. Now I I agree with you. I mean, as they've demonstrated this week, they're not afraid to move somebody from you know, six to three or three to six or whatever. So there, there's no concern on their part about jerking that around. It just, it just make your life a little easier if you, if you didn't do that, you know? Right. Now here's another possibility for you. Let's say everything we just said plays out, except Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma state and Baylor beats TCU who they play this week. So now they're the top ranked team in the, uh, in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so does a one-loss Baylor team jump over a Michigan State with one loss or a Notre Dame with one loss? Um, uh, ask the question again. I guess I missed the question. Oh, if, if Oklahoma were to lose and Baylor were to win and everything else plays out like we've been talking about, so basically it's between Baylor, Michigan State, and Notre Dame for those, the, those top spots. Then Baylor's out. Baylor's out. I think so. I don't think it's any question. And it, you know what that gets back to? Baylor's non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Baylor would have won two out of three in the round robin of the best teams of the Big 12. So they'd get a little credit for those couple of victories. But then they, it would fall back on the fact that they played no one else, uh, you know, in their non-conference season that would be considered a, a, a you know, a reasonably competitive opponent. So... Baylor would uh, uh, lose out again. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think if you're the Big 12 uh, uh, committee, you know, they're their, um, what do you want to say, their conference, uh, their conference. Affiliation or yeah, conference or, championship. Uh, well, not, not that, just the conference, um, like board of directors or whatever. Oh, you know, okay. The staff, they must be cheering pretty hard for Oklahoma to win uh, this week. I think they probably are, you know, they're going to be rooting for that. Yep. So, I don't know. Anything more you want to discuss about the uh, rankings? Nope, not necessarily about the rankings. I, I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Ohio State and Michigan State and watching that game. is such a joy. What a great day to, to, to take in some fun college football. And um, um, the, the thing I wanted to point out was, you know, I had made a prediction. Uh, I don't remember which podcast it was that we talked about it but way early in the season you know i was really high on ohio state i had watched ohio state during the preseason and you know taken in the the special programming from the big 10 network on ohio state's team and and everything and and when they when i see their players interviewed or hear them interviewed on the radio uh, you know they were the, the responses that they were providing were just what i thought was just right on and i and i really felt strongly that they were going to have a great year and um, and they 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 uh, they never quite did what I thought they were going to do. I thought they would become a dominant, potentially you know kind of legendary team right up there with the Miami 2001 team and the Nebraska 1995 team as some of the best teams you know of the modern era of college football. But 
but they but it didn't come to pass that way. And it, and it occurred to me that, that one of the reasons for that is is when you have as much talent as they have, you have to have some guys that are humble enough to accept uh, a diminished role and do so quietly and not make any waves or create any kind of controversy that, that would divide the locker room. And I don't feel like they were able to accomplish that at Ohio State this year with their two-quarterback system. Yeah, although I will say with that, because I, I mean, I do think a big factor of that is the fact that they had those two quarterbacks bailing out for so long into the season. And once you saw JT Barrett kind of take over, you saw marked improvement in their offense. Uh, but I would like to praise Braxton Miller because before the season started, he ducked out of that battle and said, you know, I'm just going to do my uh, uh, IBAC thing or whatever it is that he's doing, you know, and he's been very successful at that, you know, and I think that was a, a show of humility and doing what was best for the team rather than doing what was best for him personally. Right. Yeah. I, I would agree with you there. And, and so it just shows you all the dynamics that go into, you know, building a dynasty, building a great team and, and living with that bullet, uh, uh, that, uh, target on your back, you know, for an entire season and keeping everybody's heads in the game the way they should and happy with whatever their role is. All those elements uh, is what makes coaching so damn hard, how to keep that going. Mm-hmm. You know, even Nick Saban, as successful as he's been, it's been difficult at times for him to get that same effort level, you know, multiple uh, uh, years in a row. You, you know, oftentimes once you get it and you get to the mountaintop, then a lot of the players on that team are going to start thinking about, you know, other opportunities, let's say. Right, which makes you know Nebraska's run of four going to four national championship games, you know, within four years and winning three of them, all that much more special. Right, exactly. You know that he was that Tom was able to keep them focused even after they'd been to the summit, as you say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so you know, I guess it's just it's going to uh, be another thing I add into my into my uh, list of things when I'm you know evaluating teams for you know are they going to be as good as i think they're going to be you know right and one thing i just remembered i want to say about the playoff was that um in jeff long's interview with espn after the rankings came out he mentioned that there was a significant amount of revoting amongst the committee um about those three through six spots you know there was a lot of shuffling going on there uh, which they mentioned that apparently in order to call for a revote, at least four members of the committee, which is one third of the committee, needs to approve it. So I think that does go to, go to show how close those teams all are. And so that's why I think it's like, more likely that, you know, Notre Dame could flip over Michigan State or Michigan State could flip over Notre Dame. Why would that be easier, though, Alex? I'm not sure I'm following. Uh, be, uh, just saying that, like, the... Although right now, you know, uh, Michigan State is ranked above Notre Dame. You know, I, I think if Notre Dame does beat Stanford next week, especially if they beat them solidly, you know, with a compelling victory, you know, I think they'll make the jump over Michigan State, even if Michigan State beats Penn State. You know, well, def- I mean, if Michigan State were to lose to Penn State, they'd definitely drop out. But even if Michigan State beats Penn State strongly, if Notre Dame also beats Stanford strongly, you know, I think they would jump up just because that's a more quality win under their program but then michigan state could jump over notre dame once again if they beat an undefeated iowa you know yep exactly and that's why they need that undefeated iowa (laughs) right which i think it would be crazy if if nebraska were to pull off the upset 
you know, the two teams playing for the Big Ten championship in that scenario would be t- their only losses would be to Nebraska. <laughs> right. For both of them. Yeah, a six and six Nebraska team in that scenario. Yeah. Yep. It'll be bizarre. That's for right. sure. Oh, but, and uh, one other thing, I guess, um, do we want to update our um, our own personal rankings for the, our top sixes? Because, uh, I mean, both of us had Ohio State in our top sixes, and right, those are right. both gone, obviously. Sure, we could do that. We could do that. You go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I have something I, from last week's notes I've written down here. Alabama, Clemson, OSU, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Iowa. Um, I don't... I'm not quite sure if that was my ranking or yours, but I'm going to assume that it's mine based off of uh, last week's rankings. Although that might be you. I don't. Oh, it might be me. What? Say that again. That that ranking of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Iowa. Does that sound like what you would have said of last it week's does. rankings? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because I think I I kept mine as I kept mine the same. Yeah. Uh, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and Utah. I thought that Utah might squeeze their way into that number six spot as uh, at the end of the season, you know, if they were winning the Pac-12. Um, but Utah's lost now, so that's definitely gone. And Ohio right. State is gone. Um, so for me, I'm going to go ahead, based on what I've been saying, I'm going to say Clemson, Alabama, for sure. And then if uh, I think Oklahoma wins against Oklahoma State, um, although now this does get interesting if what I said happens and MSU beats, uh, beats undefeated Iowa, you know, as well as beating Penn state. So then in that scenario, did they jump to number three and Oklahoma is number four? Right. Right. Is now, is that what you're saying? Uh, have you picked yours yet? Is that yours or you're just kind of talking uh, about I, theirs? I, I'm talking about mine, uh, in mm-hmm. terms of. If I should rank Oklahoma uh, above or below MSU in that scenario, right, right. Well, I'm I'm a big believer that right now I would say MSU has a better resume than than Oklahoma. That now now next week, uh, you know, it might be a little more difficult because as you pointed out, MSU's playing a a Penn State team that's unranked, and you know, uh, OU is going to be playing in a rivalry game with, you know, a ranked Oklahoma State. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think Oklahoma will be higher than them next week. But I, mm-hmm. what I've been doing in my rank is I've been projecting in terms of who I think the last six are going to be. So I'm going to go ahead and say um, MSU, number three, Oklahoma, number four. And then I would believe Notre Dame, number five. Mm-hmm. And then as for number six, um, I guess in that scenario – uh, it could be Baylor, maybe. Um, a one-loss Baylor team. Or either that or... Although Stanford would have lost Notre Dame under that scenario. So, based on where the rankings are right now, yep, Baylor, number six. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to be... Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I noticed a, a few folks swapping Alabama and Clemson in the one and two spots, but... I think that's kind of irrelevant. Oh. Um, yeah, Alabama so. played against like Chattanooga State or something this week. Yeah. I don't think that counts. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but anyway, uh, so those two are the same. Now, I would not have put Oklahoma third. I would have I would have likely put um, – I'm going to say I would have put 
Michigan State third, and the, or excuse me, I, I apologize, uh, Iowa third, and then fourth would have been uh, Notre Dame, and then fifth would have been uh, Michigan State, and sixth would have been um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Man, so you're saying Oklahoma down at six. Six, yeah. I, 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 and, and, and again, they still have a, a game that they can play that would enhance their situation and kind of close the gap again between them and, say, uh, you know, a, uh, um, a Michigan State or uh, Iowa, whoever ended up winning, you know, out of those uh, games. So That is interesting. That, but uh, I'm curious as to why, I mean, I – I guess looking at last week's rankings, Michigan State was ranked ninth as of last week. So right. I guess I for mean, them to jump over Notre Dame for the number four spot would be um, a, a big deal. Big deal. Yes. Uh, well, exactly. But but um, I I just feel like okay, that's a that's a big W that that they got. Um, you know, so Michigan State's going to get recognition for that, and then it, and it is combined with uh, an overall review of. Um, Notre Dame schedule and a recognition that maybe it wasn't as tough as, as we were giving it credit for earlier in the season. And so uh, it'll be really fascinating to watch how uh, Notre Dame plays with the Stanford team. I see. So are you saying then that MSU is your three or your four and Notre Correct. Dame is five? Uh, no, I, I put Notre Dame six. And uh, who did I put in there? Um, <laughs> I had Iowa in uh, not Michigan State. Um Okay, uh, I'm going to read to you what I heard, and so we can okay. correct this. So okay. I, I heard Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Iowa right. 3, Notre Dame 4, Notre Dame four. Right. MSU 5, Oklahoma 6. Right, that's right. That, that's what I got. Did, okay. I, I, was, I was mistaken. I was, ta- I was talking about Notre Dame and Oklahoma and getting them mixed up. Gotcha. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> all right. We got the confusion settled up. We're good. <laughs> all right, so talking about... You know, this week 13, you know, last week of the regular season for most of the teams in college football, and that means a lot of rivalry games, a lot of, you know, big big matchups to end the season. So it's going out with a bang, as it usually does. Yes, it does. And it'll be a great couple of days. And like I said, I, I, I'm kind of intrigued by that Navy versus Houston game that's going to be played uh, before, um, before the Nebraska game on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yep, we kick off with those two games. Um, we also have uh, Baylor TCU. I think is actually also on that Friday. I think you're right. I think it's an evening game. Yep. Yep. So we have that, and then Ohio State Michigan. Obviously, the you know the single biggest game in our corner of the globe. You know where I grew up. Right. And, and but then Notre Dame Stanford and USC UCLA and you know a lot oh, of yeah. those types of things. Oh yeah, no. There's a lot of other, I'm just saying. You know. To, for to, us yeah to people in traverse city that is the game that everybody yeah, watches absolutely um, it'll be interesting yep uh yet like you said ucla usc um north carolina playing nc state interesting uh, i believe if N- north carolina wins that game they basically clinch the the a- their section of the acc and play against clemson correct. in their title game correct yep and that then uh I know we uh, there's Alabama Auburn. I know you were talking about how Auburn obviously have been down this year, but I I have a feeling that it might be closer than people expect, just because Alabama's lost there in the past. I guess right. Well, and it's a rivalry game that you know you just, it's a lot of times you got to throw out the records. A little bit like that, uh, you know. That's it's why 
the Nebraska versus Iowa game when with when you've got an Iowa team that's you know undefeated and ranked you know three or four however you want to look at it and Nebraska's had the worst season since like the 1950s and uh, and we're only like a two point underdog right it's crazy when you think about that I know um, it is and then uh, Michigan State, Penn State, obviously, uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, big SEC rivalry, uh, Florida, Florida State, that would be a good game, Notre Dame, Stanford, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, so lots of big games. Yeah, it should just be a great, I just want the weekend to go nice and slow so I can take in every one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, I'm planning on, you know, finding my way, well, I'll definitely be watching the Iowa game at, uh, at that Nebraska bar out here in uh, L.A., um, but I hope to hopefully catch those games on Saturday as well. Right. Cool. Cool. Because, yeah, you get Friday off? Yeah, Thursday and awesome. Friday off, yeah. So. Awesome. All right, so I guess we got to throw down some predictions here. Uh, let's start with the Michigan-Ohio State game. Okay. Um, let's see here. I, I am, uh, I'm inclined to believe uh, that Ohio State will right the ship. Uh, they'll come out with a, an inspired performance and they'll win the football game i'm gonna say though that um um uh, they're, they're gonna the game's gonna start off slow with both teams kind of feeling each other out and uh, and so i'm gonna predict um a uh, uh about a 10 point victory uh and it's going to be lower scoring maybe than i expected uh, uh, with a little bit of a flurry at the end so it'll end up being like uh 28-24 um uh, or I said 10 points, didn't I? So I'd say um, uh, that's that's too close. Um, boy. No, you know what? I'm comfortable with that. 28-24 for Ohio State. All right. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to do something I've done before. I'm going to reverse your score. I'm going to say it's 28-24, but to Michigan. Um, I I'm not. This is a, a bit of a wild card pick. I'm not totally confident in it. But it's at uh, at Ann Arbor, so that's one point in their favor. And um, with some of like Ezekiel Elliott's comments and uh, those sorts of things after the Michigan State loss, I'm kind of wondering if their uh, their uh, psyche is a little bit damaged now that all right. of a sudden their perfect season's been shattered. Right. I wonder if they'll be have as much energy as Michigan, who I have no doubt Jim Harbaugh's going to have them hungry for that victory. You know, that's a good argument. That I, I probably should have taken more consideration, uh, which is that uh, you know, uh, does uh, you know, I'm making the assumption that Ohio State is going to come uh, back full full guns, and and you're right. When you lose a goal that you were so certain you were going to get, you know what I mean, that you were going to be in that mix, and now all of a sudden you feel like you're not. I think that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it happen both ways. It could very easily go your way, and they play with fire, and they crush Michigan, you know? But right, right. We'll see. Um, huh. uh, how about, so then there's uh, um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State then, you know? I think we are both predicting an Oklahoma victory here based on our rankings. Uh, I am, but again, I think the wild card there is, does uh, does Oklahoma's quarterback play or not? Mm-hmm. So do you want to give two scores then, like if he does and if he doesn't? Um, well, uh, yes. Okay. I would say that if he does play and he's able to play effectively, that I think Oklahoma wins 
and I'm going to say it's, you know, like, uh, uh, let's see, this is, a, this is a big 12 we're talking about, so it'll have to be like, you know, 42 to 30, 32, 42 to 32. Okay, but then if he doesn't play... And if, if he doesn't play, then I'm going to say that Oklahoma State wins. Um, and uh, and it's going to be uh, more like, you know, Oklahoma only gets 28 points and uh, and Oklahoma State scores about 42. So 42-28. Okay, interesting. But, you know, uh, I'm going to do something kind of similar. Uh, I'm going to say if the quarterback does play um, – I'm going to go for two uh, extreme opposites here. I'm going to say if their quarterback does play, I think they could crush Oklahoma State, in which case it would be a, let's say, yeah, 20, uh, say 24 to, um, to 42 victory. Okay. Uh, and, but if he, and if he doesn't play, I'm going to say that Oklahoma State wins, um, let's say, uh, 38 to 28. I'll go with that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that, that's going to be my thing. We're, we're sounding too similar. <laughs> hey, I just picked totally opposite from you for Ohio State. So I know. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, and well, let's last one, let's do the Navy-Houston game because it's not like you, you were kind of interested in that one. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh... – well, I'm just going to be really curious to see how Houston does defensively against that Navy team. That Navy team is for real. And, uh, and, uh, and I know Houston has been really prolific passing the football, throwing the ball around and stuff, but, but I just have a feeling that uh, Navy Navy's going to be able to shorten the game. And, uh, you know, uh, Houston kind of got figured out a little bit this last week. So I'm going to predict a Navy victory close, but, a Navy victory, uh, nonetheless, and I'm going to say it's going to be like uh, um, 32 to 28. I'm I'm big on 32 this week. All right, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to also predict a Navy victory. Uh, I think I might go a little uh, higher than that. I'll go ahead and say that uh, it's uh, f- 38 for Navy, and then. 21 for Houston. I feel like, uh, like you say, Houston did get a little bit exposed, and Navy is, you know, playing at the caliber where they can play with, you know, most of the teams in the Power Five conferences and win. So uh, I think they they could uh, blow Houston away a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, what about the the Nebraska game? Okay. Well, I want to bring that up. As of uh, last week, we gave. Uh, my prediction was a, you know, thinking hopefully, obviously, a 35-30 Nebraska victory. Um, and then you had a 42-28 either way. So it could either go 42-28, Nebraska has a solid victory over Iowa, or 42-28, we lose badly to Iowa. That was, that's pretty weak on my part. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to uh, amend that and say, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we've turned a corner. I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say that Nebraska and the crowd is a is a is a you know twelfth man so to speak, and and things go well. It looks like the weather is going to be cold but not rainy, um, but windy but not not as bad as they were predicting earlier in the week. 
Uh, it's going to be about a 15, maybe 20 mile an hour wind. It's not going to be gusting like it was uh, thought to be earlier in the, in the, in the week, I don't think. So, you know, not terrible conditions, just miserably cold, which is pretty typical for that game. So, uh, I'm going to predict that, uh, Nebraska comes out, has success early, gets, uh, gets Iowa a little nervous and they do some uncharacteristic things and, uh, good Tommy shows up. All right. So what's your score? Same score for that, that 42, oh. whatever, but it's a Nebraska victory rather than saying, you know, uh, I'm, I'm removing the Iowa victory. You're removing the or. Yeah, I'm removing the or. All right. And I'm going to stick by my 35-30. I think it's going to be close, but I think we can do it. Um, it was interesting. You were you were talking about how you watched that Purdue game with Iowa and how, you know, uh, Iowa's offense looked awfully good, but Purdue was also able to score against them uh, on several right. occasions. Yep, yep, I, I agree. I, I, I think that that's why I think we're going to score some points on them. Mm-hmm. I sure hope we can. Yeah, well, if we could score 40 points on uh, Michigan State defense that held Ohio State to 14, hopefully we can. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But that's why you can't do transitive property. I know, I know. doesn't work. No. All right. Well, this was a longer episode, but we had a lot to I unpack know. this week, and I think we got in some good discussion about you know the playoff and uh, yeah. you know what makes a championship-caliber team and all that sort of stuff. Well, and I will admit that I'm... Uh... I had a little trouble hearing you a little bit. I'm, I'm getting down with a little bit of a cold, and it's it's almost midnight here, so I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's losing it. All right. So before Dad collapses on us with uh, yes. exhaustion here, you can email us at huskerfeet13 at gmail.com. You can also find us on uh, footballthrowdown.podomatic.com or on iTunes under College Football Throwdown. You can leave us a comment on the Podomatic page or – Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. You know, we always like hearing from you guys. You know, it's great to get new subscribers. And uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. And uh, we hope you all enjoy this last week of the regular season of college football. Until yep, next take time. It. Take it all in. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.